Hey peeps, welcome to another episode of Nominias. On this episode, I get to talk to the shamazing Quinn Via Gomez, this magnificent human being. Quinn is a true Minnesotan, born and raised in the Twin Cities, and she has made a mark on the Twin Cities radio scene. Quinn and I had a lovely conversation about the importance of trans visibility in social media, in the entertainment industry, and basically in life. And of course, some other cheese mix, because that's what we do on this show. I really hope you have a listen, and thank you so much for your support. Quinn... Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Normandias. I am so honored to be here. It's It's been a long time coming. I think we were supposed to meet a while ago. We were. and Like then, last year. I know. Well, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally last year. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, because, yeah, it was so cold in here because the furnace broke. So I was like, ooh, girl. Like, we're going to freeze our asses off recording. Right, not, so today. not today. Not <laughs> today. So, Quinn, what we all want to know is who is Quinn? Quinn is Quinn. Tell me, who is Quinn? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, hello. Um, I'm honored to be here. My name is Quinn Villa Gomez, uh, a.k.a. Shimmer, uh, and I am a Twin Cities uh, Translatina. I am also a uh, media, media and radio host. I am a co-host on the longest running LGBT show in the nation uh, with my friend Roxanne Anderson. Shout out to Rox. Shout out to uh, Rox. She's amazing. Yes, They're amazing. Yes. Yeah. And Rox uses they, them, theirs pronouns. Yes. And so the show that Rox and I do um, is called uh, Fresh Fruit and Rare Productions. So we speak to queer and trans artists of color. Uh, so they come onto our show, whether they're in the world of music, um, dance, poetry, activism. Uh, and I've been doing that about almost four years now. I'm also on the board of directors with KFAI. Uh, and also I am a Twin Cities talent. I created two Twin Cities successful fashion shows. Yeah, uh, you have. Yes. Um, one is a Prince-inspired fashion show Amazing. called The Purple Ones. Yep. And so what is The Purple Ones? Well, it's a Prince-inspired fashion show where designers create a one-garment from a print song of their choice, so they can do Purple Rain, When Doves Cry, Raspberry Beret. Um, it's judged by Twin Cities Luminaries, and the winner wins um, a trophy, a sewing machine, and uh, a chance to be a judge and so much more. And also Design Icon, uh, which is an icon-inspired fashion show, um, so a designer can pick an icon of their choice. So a singer, uh, a dancer, an activist, even a, their personal icon, and they create a garment off of that as well. Um, and yeah, I'm just a amazing all around diva in the Twin Cities trying to do her thing. <laughs> yeah, that is fabulous. I actually, so did you, um, so are you the founder of the, those fashion shows? Yes, I actually Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Look I, at you. Yeah. <laughs> I created both of them just off the top of my head. Um, the, the Prince one started in 2016. Oh, and fabulous. I, uh, with KFI, um, they'd been wanting to do something for the station for a very long time. And also since I 
kind of was like the at the helm and the leader of International Women's Day for four years at KFEI. Um, they were kind of like, well, we want to do something. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Well, of course, they didn't think of anything, but I did. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, why don't we do a Prince-inspired fashion show? Because Prince is iconic. He's legendary, global, and he's ours. Right. So that's where that idea came about. And then um, I'm a really big, amazing fan of pop culture. And so I love everything that has to do like with pop culture. So that's where Designicon came about. So, yeah, I just... They just um, had these ideas. Design the con probably was sitting in my brain for probably about five years. And I was really scared to actually kind of put it out there because I didn't really know what would happen. If, mm-hmm. it, if it would be something that people would like, if it would be something that would really maybe catch on. But already two years in the yeah. bag. Yeah, so, that's fabulous. Yeah. And the thing that I love about them is that you're giving opportunities to artists of color mm-hmm. because we we need that and there is a lack of that here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's incredible what you're doing. Thank you. And also, you're doing it so fabulously. <laughs> <laughs> I try to make sure, um, as a woman of color myself, that people of color are given a chance yeah. because we are very marginalized mm-hmm. in today's society. Um, you know, we're given opportunities and oftentimes we're always kind of, I always say it like we're, we're always considered the second best or the passenger and, and we don't get these great opportunities as a person who is not of color would get. So I always try to make sure that people of color and queer voices of color and trans artists of color get opportunities and make sure that they're visibly, um, acknowledged in, in their artistry. Yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah. The way I see it or the way I look at it is like, unfortunately, white people have to do it first before we get the chance to do it. Right, right. Which is stupid. That's why we have to take up space. Right, exactly. We have to take up all the space that we can take up and keep taking it up and keep taking it up and not stop. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be visible and stick together. There's a lot of work, but I've also noticed that people of color are always doing the most work. Right. Well, because so, we have to. Right, right. <laughs> That's the so, only way we will get things done. We right. have to make most. Uh, <laughs> it's annoying. So, Quinn, tell me. What did you want to be when you wanted when you grew up? Oh, gosh. um, That's a really good question. Actually, I always wanted to be an educator. Oh, really? Believe it or not. Yeah. I wanted to be a teacher because um, when I was growing up, I was really passionate about um, writing. I love to write. Um, I'm very particular about words and writing and spelling. And so I always wanted to be an English teacher. And so kind of out of high school, um, I always aced all my English classes and um, and my Spanish classes. And so kind of when I was like done with high school, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get my degree. I want to be a, a, an English teacher. Then when I went to the U of M, I'm kind of like, okay, this is too much. I kind of thought about it and I was like, I don't know if I could handle these kids because I'm like, look, and I don't know. I just think that I kind of fell out of love with that passion. But yeah, I wanted to be an English teacher. That's what my passion was for a very long time was to be an educator. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So how did radio come about? Uh, okay. So um, I have always had people tell me that I have this very interesting 
um, beautiful speaking voice and she's very melodic and soothing and very calming. You do. You do. (laughs) And I, I love music. And so um, growing up being bullied and and being called every name that is probably derogatory. um, That is not so great for a queer person especially Mm. a queer person of color. Mm. Um, Music was my savior. It was a way for me to escape. It was a way for me to kind of go into my room. And if I was having a really bad day, I could just turn on a song and blast it and ignore all of the demons and the evilness that went on. Um, You know, I grew up in the heydays of TLC and Aaliyah and the Spice Girls and Selena Quintanilla. Yeah, Selena. Yes, Selena. Shout out to Selena. Yes, we love you. Um, So music was really big. And I remember one time, um, I I remember seeing a commercial. I don't know what, what kind of a commercial it was, but I was young. And I saw this, like, fabulous person sitting in a studio. And I said, God, I want to sit in the studio and I want to play music all day. That would be so fun. And I put that into existence and I and now I'm I'm doing radio and I can't believe that my dream came true. Yeah, that's amazing. Um so how so my question is what are there specific barriers that you face being a woman of color in radio? Mm, that's a very good question. Yes. Yeah, so when I was going to school for radio, mm-hmm. I was going to Brown College. And when I was going to Brown College, which no longer um, exists, um, there was myself and two other girls um, in my class or Femme Identities. And it was me and one other one. And we were the only two women of color. I was the only openly trans identity in that whole class and I remember at the time um Anjali the Queen Bee from B96 came to our class and she spoke to us about radio and and women and women of color in radio and media she said that women and women of color in radio are underpaid yeah and we're always second best or we're always considered the co-host because predominantly when people turn on a radio they will listen to a masculine voice rather than a feminine voice. And, um, you know, also, too, uh, we were told by instructors. I had an instructor who told me, you're not going to make it as far as a white cis woman will in radio. Oh, no. So I will never forget that. And I was kind of like, so I'm paying all this money to go to school for radio. And you're telling me that I'm not going to make it. And that has still stuck with me. And that really hurt my feelings. That was really hurtful that my educator said that to me. So I was like, wow. Um, But yeah, those were kind of some of the things. And I think that it's gotten a little bit better in radio and media um, for women. Um, But I still think that there's a lot of of, um, disparities for women of color. Because I still don't see enough women of color or even trans women right. in media or radio. Well, you don't see a lot of trans women in media in general, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is sad and disappointing because trans women are fabulous. Like, I, me personally, I'm starting to see more trans women just because, you know, of shows like Pose. Mm-hmm. And um, I, so actually, can I ask, how do you feel about Pose? Do you... Like, do you watch it? Have you seen it? I do. I love the show. I think Pose is 
such an important show. Mm -hmm. I think it's needed for um, today's society because trans visibility is getting more and more um, well in the forefront. I think that um, the show is, is, is so powerful because the characters are all trans women of color. Right. What I, which is played what I love. by trans women of right. color. Right. Portrayed yeah. by trans women right. of color. Yeah. So they're not casting actresses who are trying to pretend to be a trans woman or a trans feminine woman and portraying something that they're not. And we have our own story to tell, which yeah. I think is beautiful. So I think that having Pose out is such an important message because there's stories that we live through so many adversities and so many issues that they're telling them in a way that is very important. Um, some of the episodes on there are actually very serious and very eye-opening. And um, that one episode I think that I'll, I'll still never forget to this day is when Angel was murdered. Um, and I think that... I think you mean Candy. 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 Yeah, Candy. Sorry. <laughs> Angelica candy. Ross. Right, right. Yes, Angelica Ross. Sorry. <laughs> And when, when Candy was killed, I think that it was really hard for me to watch because I started crying because I often feel like I could be in her shoes. Yeah. You know, in today's society where I would if if I wanted to go on a date or if I met with somebody or even simply walking down the street, what could happen to me? Right. So the safety and, and the concerns around trans women of color. So I think that that episode was super important it's unfortunate that it had to um portray the way that it did but i think that the message is is very important for people to see like i was like in tears and i cried and it was just really sad and then i also love the one when blanca was on the beach with this fabulous man and i was just like that's exactly what i would love to do is i have always felt like i wish that i could be in love like her like it just gave me amazing goosebumps, and right. I'm like, wow, right. what a beautiful, beautiful episode. Well, because also that storyline, um, the man didn't see Blanca as a fetish. Like, he loved, he just, he really was into her, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. Because that's one thing with media before was um, when they had trans people, it was always like a fetish, mm -hmm. you know? And I like think a fantasy, a fantasy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, that show, I mean, there was like season one, uh, pointed that out with, uh, Angel and, and the white boy, you know, like she, she told him once like, Oh, I'm just a, like, I'm just a magazine fantasy to you. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so that was actually really interesting to me because I, I just love that, that finally, um, trans representation is actually, it's there and it's real and it's not, they're not portrayed as a fantasy anymore because they never were, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. people are human. You we're know? human and we can love just like any person. Can right. Love. Right. So there is no difference. Right. No difference at all. Right. We're just as fabulous. Right. <laughs> well, probably even more. About <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes. But that's another story. Never mind. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so what inspires you, Quinn, to oh. do everything that you do? What inspires me? I think what inspires me is 
my bestie, uh, Jonathan. Oh, yeah, Jonathan. we talk about them quite often. Yeah. They're fabulous. Yeah. My best friend, Jonathan, Bad Boy Gibson, shout out to Jonathan, <laughs> uh, is, I always say he he is like the light of my life. You know, he is has been for has been there for me through so many things. We've been best friends for 29 years. Oh wow. Um so we've known each other since we were very young. Um and he's that person that really believes in 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 everything that I do. Um you know, and what I love about him the most is that he's honest, he's real. He's going to tell you like it is. He doesn't sugarcoat stuff. And I think that's what is so great about a best friend because there's friends out there that will love you and support you but when something needs to be addressed they're not going to tell you and so he's just a big a big influence in my life and you know he's really believed in me and I I really owe a lot of my great successes that currently have happened in my life to him because he got this connection with me a couple of years ago that kind of really led me to Roxanne Mm. and I feel like if it really wasn't for my best friend Jonathan I don't even know if I'd really even be pursuing my dream today. So he is um, my inspiration, one of my inspirations. And my other inspiration, I would say, is Selena. Oh, well, obviously. Yeah. Selena Quintanilla is, uh, she's like my idol. Um, you know, I grew up, I remember the first time I seen her on television. You know, she was wearing her very, her fabulous purple signature, mm-hmm. her, her, her beautiful the pants yep. and the top, the sparkly. And I remember telling me, Padre, I said, wow. I said, she's got the long black hair, the eyes, and she looks just like me. Yeah, those lips. Yes. And so I grew up knowing that I didn't have to be idolized by a white, cis, blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman. Ugh. So, um, and my inspiration is um, just all the... Marsha P. Johnson, yes, who is a goddess, um, a, a transistor who's paved the way for so many influential trans women and men across the country. And without Marsha P. Johnson and her legacy um, being remembered and, and, and it's getting more bigger today, I think that um, looking up to her is so inspiring to me because she's so powerful and and she was a trailblazer in my community. So yeah. I think she's really powerful and I love her. Yeah, fabulous. And then, so you're from the Twin Cities, right? Right, yeah. Um, It's rare that I meet somebody that's actually from the Twin Cities. Because <laughs> most people I know are like um, transplants, like I am. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I have to ask, so what was it like growing up here? Um, You know, I grew up in... in <clears throat> The frozen tundra, um, you know, and so my grandparents immigrated here, um, you know, and when they came from um, uh, Durango, Mexico, my um, grandpa didn't have a lot of money on him. I think they came literally with like $10. Oh, wow. Um, you know, him and my grandma both with $10 and they survived and they made it, had a family, my dad, all my, all my uh, tios and tias. And you know, just life happened. Growing up here in Minnesota, though, um, was kind of hard. I my parents got divorced when I was five, oh. and so then my mom married like this really just not so great person who was very 
racist, um, very homophobic. And we grew up in a, and of course and we moved. And so like, I was probably one of four minorities in the whole school. I remember in my class to this day, I remember in my third grade, um, art class, I was the only person that had black hair. Oh, wow. And I was the only dark caramel kid in class and everyone else had blonde or, or brown or red hair. Um, and I got picked on, you know, I got talked about and it school was so, was so not fun for me. Um, but growing up was, I guess, all right in the twin cities. Um, my childhood wasn't the best. Um, you know, I, I kind of sort of knew I was different at a young age, but as I got older, I think, I think my life now is so much more better than when I was a youth. Oh, well, yeah. I was like, but cause now I'm like able to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was hard growing up in Minnesota. Yeah. Very one hard. thing, yeah. One thing that I've realized, um, because you know, my childhood wasn't the greatest either, but, um, I've realized that trauma is what makes us fabulous. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we are very, we're filled with trauma because we are both really fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> like, shamazingly like, fabulous. Like, fabulous. <laughs> so there's a lot of trauma there. <laughs> yes, a lot of trauma. But trauma, like you said, makes you like a shamazing right. star. It makes you shimmer, you know? <laughs> yes. And that's what I, that's actually, that's what I love about you, you know? Like, you shimmer every time you walk into a room. Shimmer is upon us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> So I um so we used to take dance together. Yes. Would you do you still go to dance class with yeah. Brian Bose? Shout yeah. out to Brian Bose. Shout out to Brian. <laughs> Brian Bose is another amazing, mm-hmm. fabulous transplant, you know, all the way from California. Yay. Yeah. Um love it. But yes, I'm still taking that class, the slate workshop with Brian Bose at the Guthrie Theater. Um I love dance. I love watching it. I remember some of my favorite movies growing up. I love the one with Vanessa Williams, Dance With Me. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, uh, Cheyenne, right? Yeah, yes. Cheyenne. Oh, Cheyenne. Oh, my God. Uh. Um, but I've always loved, like, body movement. And um, growing up, I'm like, I really want to kind of learn how to dance. And I was always afraid to take a dance class because when you go into a dance class, if if you're not the greatest or you're not the best, People look at you, they stare at you, you don't get the choreography down. The instructors kind of get really impatient. Um, and so I kind of sort of like was secretly stalking Brian on Facebook like a couple of years ago. And I remember like seeing like this fabulous bright star and this fabulous hair and these <laughs> fabulous shoes. And I'm like, I'm going to connect with him. So I messaged him on Facebook and I was like, Hi, my name is Quinshimra, whatever. Um, and he was like, oh, hello. And he was like, well, I'm currently living in L.A. And I'm like, oh, OK. But then all of a sudden, he, because he's also an acting yeah. an actor, he ended up um, getting a gig here in, in the Twin Cities, I believe, at the Mixed Yeah, Mixed Bud, DJ Latinidad. Yes. Yeah. And um, so then we kind of connected. And he was like, well, I'm going to do... Um, a slave workshop, you should come. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, Shimmer, get it together. I'm like, you got to go. And I think that's when I met you there. Yeah. Um, And when I went, he kind of talked a lot about it. I was really nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, Shimmer, like, 
you know, um, body dysphoria. And I'm like, people are going to look. That's real. I'm a trans woman. And yeah. People are going to stare. And But then all of a sudden, like, I really just started really loving the class. And um, Brian is very patient. He's not judgmental. And he's really somebody that really makes you um, love your body. Yeah. You know, he makes it so that you love who you are. And I've noticed I've come a long way because I went from like two left feet to like getting the choreography down. So, yeah, I love the class. It's like one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. Can we talk about bodies for you for just a minute? Yes. Or maybe longer? <laughs> because the thing is, like, I suffer from it, too. Um, I actually started writing again, which is weird, but I know, yes. right? Yes. Um, because I I was talking to a friend of mine about, like, trauma, you know, mm-hmm. about my fabulousness. <laughs> and um, how in fourth grade, I actually started to develop breasts. Because I was I was a big kid. I was a, I was a chubby kid, and like mm-hmm. basically my chest looked like fully developed at fourth grade. Wow. Oh my god. I mean, so traumatic. Because from fourth grade to like what senior year, I would get harassed in school, and mm-hmm. like you know, guys would just literally just come up and grab me, and um, they thought it was okay because I wasn't you know I wasn't female. Mm-hmm. So, like, I struggle with bodies for you all the time um and like we all have different ways to like cope um i guess like how like how do you like what makes you feel good about your body Mm, that's a very very good question um i think for me i um am starting to learn to love my body uh i started my medical transition into womanhood three years ago um, in December of 2017 and, or 16, sorry. And, um, I started to learn that there were going to be things that were going to happen. Um, like my gender therapist said, you know, Hey Quinn, um, you might end up gaining some weight. And I'm like, (laughs) hold up. And she was like, well, when we're talking about body mass and we're talking about body fat, because it's real, mm-hmm. um, a masculine body and a feminine body, feminine bodies tend to have more added fat. And I'm like, okay, so like I was really scared because I'm like, oh no, you know, like I don't want to gain all this weight. Um, so, you know, starting my transition, I I have put on a um a small amount of weight. Um, you know, cause I grew up very thin. Two pounds. <laughs> I grew up very thin. Um, but you know, I kind of still look at myself in the mirror, even like sometimes, um, at the slate workshop, like I'll, I'll, I'll be moving and I'm like looking around at everybody else. And I'm like, Oh my God, look at them. Look at me. And I'm like, I don't feel so great. And you know, like I'm dancing and like my stomach is showing and I'm like, Oh my God. And then like, what if this is going to get on Facebook? And then it's always something where people will get on there and they'll look at your video and they'll be like, Oh, I love this. But Oh, you know, your stomach is hanging out. Oh, what? Yeah. (laughs) And they don't look at your performance. Yeah. Right. So, but for me, I've learned that it's okay to love my body. And um, I'm I'm a human being. I'm gonna make mistakes, and there's days that I'm like, you know what? I want to eat a cheeseburger. Oh yeah. There's days where I want to eat pizza. There's days where I want to eat a big bag of Sour Patch Kids. Um, I've never been a really big junk food eater, to be honest with you. Like, I don't eat a, like 
Because people say, well, Shimmer, you know, you always eat all this junk food. And I'm like, no, I don't because I don't eat a burger, then a pizza, then a tacos and Doritos and then drink a cola. Um, but I think my transition has really also made me feel very beautiful about myself because I have never been so much more happier than I, when before I started my transition. When I was um, starting my transition and when I knew that I was you know, different and that my body was my, the, that I was in the wrong gender. I was always depressed. Like I remember growing up and I never liked wearing boy clothes. I never liked wearing boy shoes. It was just like, oh my God, I hated it. So I think for me, like I've loved my body more than ever in the last three years. It's made me feel so much more confident about myself and I mean, I'm I'm a work in progress, and I've toned down a little bit. I've really um, calmed down on on, on soda. Mm-hmm. Um, I try really hard not to eat before I go to bed. Um, and it's I, so hard, though. It's so hard. <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, it's no, very it is. hard. And I always try to make sure that I drink like a big like gallon of water or eight ounces of water. Mm. Um, but I'm very picky because when I drink water, I like cold water. I don't like room temperature water. Oh, really? You're one of those. Right. One of those. But, yes, I'm learning to love my body, and it's a process, and I know that I'm going to get there. Yeah. I think you already are there. (laughs) Well, because that's the thing with, because, yeah, I I used to be 400 pounds when I was, when I graduated high school, I was 400 pounds. You look amazing. Oh, my God. Thank you. Amazing, by the way. You, (laughs) kudos to you. You are, I, I have to say, I've watched your progress on on Facebook and in your Instagram and um I know how you're always up there lifting weights and you're just out there and you're living your best life and I'm like wow look at Hector like you know you better do your thing I'm just so proud of you thank you and I'm proud of you too I'm so happy we're friends <laughs> we're holding hands right now everyone we're holding, hands. we're holding hands oh my god it's like it's like a moment <laughs> yes <laughs> I love this. Oh my god, I love this too. <laughs> Yay. <clears throat> so you just came back from Dallas. I did. Um, so what was what was this conference? Oh yeah. So um I attended the 2020 Creating Change Conference. So Creating Change is the biggest nationally known LGBTQIA plus BIPOC conference in the country. Um, so if someone is in that community that identifies on that spectrum, this conference is for them and you go to the conference and you learn so much. There's tracks and courses and you learn everything about trauma, dysphoria, um, trans, trans, uh, healthcare. Um, there are court, there are caucuses. So there's like a black trans women caucus, a Latina trans women caucus, and there's really amazing, like influential translators. Bambi Salcido, yes, Fabulous. so powerful. Um, Angelica Ross made an appearance this <gasps> year. Yes, and I met um, Delon Burningside Ricky from Pose. No, yes. oh I, wait, actually I saw yes. the picture. I was like, that bitch. <laughs> um, but um, I. I'm also a um, member of the uh, board of directors for um, the Minnesota Transgender Health Coalition, um, which is also short for MTHC and also Rare Productions, which is an entertainment company that's exclusively for queer and trans people of color. Um, And Rare Productions is also, um, you know, founded by Roxanne Anderson um, and Rochelle um, James and also 
Rox is also, um, you know, kind of the, the creator of the Minnesota Transgender Health Coalition. And Rox has been going to that conference probably, I think, for the last 19 years. Oh, wow. So Rox and their wife, Anna Meyer, um, who are also my mentors, my managers, and who really have guided me in, in my craft of artistry, um, do a lot of workshops there. Um, and so, you know, we apply for grants at the Minnesota Transgender Health Coalition, and um, these grants are, um, you know, given to the Minnesota Transgender Health Coalition, and it makes it accessible for us to attend these conferences. Um, last year, it was in Detroit. And then the year before it was in Washington, D.C. So every year they pick a, a host city. Um, so this year it was in Dallas. And um, every year I go, I learn so much more, something new. And I'm also talking about the work that I do here yeah. in Minneapolis with MTHC Rare Productions. Um, I also talk about KFAI. Um, and I talk about being a trans woman of color in radio and media. And they're like, oh, my God, really, really? Because... <clears throat> They all know with without me being in in that 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 um platform, people don't know about fresh fruit, you know, until I tell them and they're like, wow. And they're so like, this is this is really awesome that this trans woman of color is doing radio and media. Yeah. And so they're just really, really proud of that. So it's also given me um a gift to know that not only do I do radio and media and MC. But I'm also an activist. Yeah. And I have a lot to say and that my voice is becoming very vocal and very loud for trans rights and trans people of color. Um, and, and, you know, I really am very big on the issues that that adversities that trans women and men of color face. So, yeah, the conference is super powerful. And um, I've, it was my third time this year and I'm loving it. And I look forward to going next year. Um, and next year it'll be going back to Washington, D.C. Oh, um, for election year, you know, and, you know, us amazing queer people have to make it knowing that we're not going to stop and we going to shut stuff down. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I was also in Selena Quintanilla's state. Oh, My yeah. feet touched <laughs> Texas soil. <laughs> so <laughs> my I first time ever in Texas. Well, I'm glad you had a good experience because I'm, <laughs> as you know, I'm from Texas. And the thing is, I left. <laughs> I left Selena State. Wow. Because, yeah. Because <laughs> all of the true so sort of like controversial yeah. uh, conservative, conservative, conservatism, I can't talk, conservativeness <laughs> that Texans yeah. Are known for. Right. Yeah. Am I correct? I mean, the so I mean, the part like, of it. Well, part of it, because I mean, El Paso is a little different than the rest of Texas, uh, primarily because it's primarily Mexican. So, mm -hmm. you know, the politics there are a little different, but still, you know, like homophobia is still like alive and thriving. Wow. In all of Texas, mm -hmm. it's getting better, but, um, you know, it's still there. Um, and you were in Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dallas is a little bit more progressive and you know, in, in those parts. <laughs> um, but I'm really happy that there that the conference was there and I'm pretty sure it was well attended. Mm -hmm. There was, I think probably over 5,000 attendees. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. It's like 5,000 queers in one building. Right. <laughs> one in one progress in one conservative state. <laughs> Damn. 
you know, I, I'm I'm sure uh, President Bush was probably rolling in this coffin. <laughs> like, oh no, the gays are here. Right. <laughs> oh no, he better sleep down six feet under even more, so twelve feet. Okay. <laughs> and of course, so you came back ready to work. I'm sure. Yeah. What's next for you? Oh my God. Okay, so um. Well, here being on on the show tonight, um, I'm super honored about that. And actually, I got a lot of things coming up. I'm, I can't believe it. Within these last couple of months, I'm actually going to be um, um, on a, a panelist for the um, MRAC Foundation. Yay! For, like, grants. Yes, I um, love it. I yeah. love MRAC, the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, I get to go through um, grants and read them. And it's really kind of helped me how to like prepare for some grants right. to yeah. fund the shows that I do. Yeah. Um, and then also I actually um have a an announcement. So I have a new radio show coming out what? on KRSM. Yeah. 98.9. Yeah. So I applied for another radio show about three months ago. Um, and I was kind of like, I want to do something. A little bit more different. I love Fresh Fruit Rare Productions. I'm always going to have that place in my heart. And I'm always going to make sure that LGBTQ and trans voices of color are very prevalent in what I do. But I'm also a big lover of pop culture. And so I'm going to um, debut my show coming very soon. I'm called The Shimmer Show. Oh, and of so, course. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to have you um, on my show. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and so my show is going to be very pop culture based. And so um, it's going to have all artists from music, um, media, film, um, locally and nationally in, in music. And, you know, I'm going to have all the juicy gossip. I'm going to be kind of sort of like the Wendy Williams, kind of like the Angie Martinez of the Twin Cities. Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. You're going to be the Wendy Williams. I'm going to be the Oprah. <laughs> Slash Christina. Yes. Did you watch Christina? <laughs> yes. I remember her. I remember her. Yes. Um, actually, I have her book. You have her? Oh. I have her book. Is it yes. good? I loved it. I was like, all right. I remember her talk show. Do you remember Shusha? Yes. <laughs> yes. I want it. Oh, 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 Yes. I remember yes. Shusha growing up. Like, yes. Shusha gave me life. God, well, those shoes. <laughs> the, the gel shoes. Which, of course, I wasn't allowed to have. (laughs) Oh, my God. I remember those days. And then also I have um, a couple of events that I've been asked to be a part of. One, um, I'm going to be a keynote speaker for 3M. Ooh, what? Yeah. So they're doing a um, LGBTQ, um, you know, inclusive um, event. And so... I got asked to be a keynote speaker, so I'm really nervous, uh, but I'm also very excited. You're going corporate. (laughs) They better be paying you corporate money, though. (laughs) Right. Don't be doing that shit for free. Right, right, right. (laughs) We do shit for free all the time. Right. No, no. No. Um, So I got that, and then also um, in April... Um, I'm going to be co-hosting a fashion show, um, Runway for Hunger, um, with my friend Misha Bartlett. And so it's going to be um, a couple of designers that are going to kind of um, design and recreate some garments um, from recycled looks. And it's going to be really fabulous. And it's going to be for um, donations for families in need. 
which is beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, Design Con 3 is coming up in July of 2020. And then the Purple One's 5. The five-year anniversary is coming up in October of 2020. So, wow. Mm-hmm. So you're busy. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm hoping I can get more busier. But yeah, I'm pretty busy. But I like it. I like staying busy. Yeah, no, you're not bored. Because that's the thing. I'm busy all the time. And when I'm not busy, I'm losing my mind. Right. I could be sitting on the couch watching long lost episodes of Shusha. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. They have they have to exist somewhere, right? Like YouTube probably. YouTube. Yeah. They actually um at Walmart when I was in Dallas, Texas, they actually have the boxed set. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Shusha gave me life. Remember she had the blonde hair. She always had them really fun, like outer space. Yeah. I mean she was the original Lady Gaga. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Okay. For children. <laughs> yes. And she's like what, Swedish? <laughs> <laughs> right but she was on like a you know univision right. for like many years i'm like really right. like what the bleep <laughs> right even in the latino culture the white woman is always popular right and of course they had to give her blonde hair mm, really and yeah. christina right yeah so yeah sad mm-hmm. i mean like shakira <laughs> she went blonde don't go blonde, Quinn. Don't go I, I would be a very bad blonde. I'm just going to say that right now. You know who's blonde now, too? Gloria Trevi. Yeah. Gloria Trevi. Oh, my God. I'm well, like, yes. Well, actually, have you seen her new song with Monica on Naranjo? It's called Grande. Oh, my gosh. Oh my, I have it not yet. Oh, my it? God. I mean, it's not. It's corny as fuck. <laughs> and it's nothing like, or, it's nothing original. It's like... The other artists have done what they've done. Ugh. However, it's Gloria Trevi and Monica Naranjo singing a song about growing up, about being big, about being grande. Oh, it's, okay. It's, it's incredible. You have to listen. Is it like amazingly corny? It's amazingly corny. <laughs> but I mean, not going to lie, you're going to want their dresses because they both have amazing dresses. And wow. I, I'm, wow. Yeah, I've. Yeah, it's like my jam. It's like my okay. jam of 2020 for like a month. I'll get over it. Okay. But <laughs> but nostalgia, you know, it's all about right. nostalgia. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, Quinn, thank you so much for taking the time to talk yes. to me. Oh, my God. I'm yes. so glad ah. I finally got to connect with you. It's been such a long time. And I'm like, look, <laughs> Hector is going to kick my ass. And like, look, I'm done with Shimmer if she ain't going to connect with me. And I'm like, okay. And um, I'm just really grateful that I was able to come on to the show tonight yeah. and, and to talk and and um, to be in your amazing presence. Yes, and I'm a fan of yours. I'm a fan of yours. Again, we're holding hands. Yes, we're holding hands. hands. We have a moment. <laughs> yes. So one final thing. Yes. What do you want to tell the community? What do you want to tell our people? I would just like to say, um, love yourself and and be who you are. And um, when an opportunity comes your way, go for it. Um, And the reason why I say that is, is because I've had a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of barriers that have been put upon me and said, no, and nope, it's not okay. And I used to fall into those traps. I'm thinking like, okay, I'm not going to go, or they're telling me I'm not worth it. But 
Don't sell yourself short. Um, love who you are no matter what and show up authentically and th- show up proud and just give give it your all. And, and also I want to say that um, trans visibility is beautiful. It's not going anywhere. We're here. We're shutting shit down. We're making our shamazing voices known. <laughs> and Shimmer is right there, darling. So move over. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, I hope everyone has a shamazing day, weekend, month, year. Thank you so much, Quinn. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much. Adios. Adios, gente. Hasta la próxima. Yes. Bye-bye. Stay shamazing.